0: Welcome, fellow mystery lovers, to Season 2 of the Haunting Hour Podcast. I will be your host, C.A. Grayson, but most of the listeners and subscribers know me as Gray. While I did need to take a brief winter hiatus, know that we are back to the full swing of things and I am ready. This latest season kicks off with some of the creepiest online urban legends I've had the pleasure of reading, and some new ones that will definitely get your blood pumping. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the show, and I hope that you enjoy all of the mysterious wonders the internet has to offer. In addition to urban legends, There are episodes with creepy tales to send shivers down your spine, so I've got something for everyone. And now without further ado, let's get to our show. Creepy Urban Legend Number 1 The Momo Challenge Now keep in mind this can be a little disturbing, so just be forewarned, this does include something about self-harm. So warning. Although this started in 2018, the mass panic really didn't start coming about in full swing until 2019. This urban legend, which was named the Momo Challenge, was a viral game that was shared on messaging services like WhatsApp that would goad young children into violence or even suicide. Images of the the bird lady uh, supposedly popped up with creepy messages and demands that are said to escalate to extreme violence. The one that I'm more familiar with is the claim that the image itself, I think I vaguely remember there was some that uh, were videos as well, that would be spliced into things like Peppa Pig, or even video games like Fortnite in the videos that were posted on YouTube. Again, same thing in these videos, apparently there were even more graphic details saying that these videos encourage children to quote unquote slit their throat or to harm others. There were even some news reports that said the challenge had spread to Snapchat. Oh, there's a blast from the past, Snapchat. I haven't used that in a while. But concerned parents fear not because this has been debunked and it's nothing more than an internet hoax. And while I could see why the terrifying, demonic looking chicken lady has sparked severe anxiety, it actually predates reports of the challenge and has nothing to do with the viral sensation. It was actually a statue called the Mother Bird, and this was made by artist Keisuke Aisawa, who works with the Japanese special effects team at Link Factory. You can actually see gallery images of the statue first began circulating around 2016. Like many horrific, things on the internet. The challenge was more than likely cooked up on a creepypasta or creepypasta subreddit that catalogs some types of horror urban legends. Because who doesn't like a good creepy scare? It actually was uploaded in July of 2018 and of course from there the legend of the Momo challenge took the internet by storm and of course, how the internet tends to twist things and create mass panic. Most of the panic actually stemmed from parents, social media, and even local news. It got so popular that it actually caught the attention of the police across the United States and even across the globe. And if you still have worries, you can actually go to the fact checking site Snopes, founded by David Michelson, claims that he doubts any harm actually came to anyone and that the whole thing was Probably a product of either pranksters that would torment vulnerable young kids and adults, and especially on something as accessible as social media. YouTube also quickly responded to these reports in 2019 and has said that quote unquote, they have not received any links to videos showing or promoting the Momo Challenge on YouTube. But they do, however, permit news stories and videos that are intended to raise awareness and educate against the alleged phenomenon. Fear not, like everything else, the internet likes to get people worked up. Who would have thought? Next up, Annie96 is typing. Now I vaguely remember this. It's been a while since I've read that, but it was really interesting because it's set up in a texting or messaging format, which many of us are familiar with because we message each other every single day on social media. And a lot of us actually do that versus texting. So let's Read the following transcript that was posted on the R. No Sleep Board on Reddit. You asleep? No. Guess you're not either. Can't. It's the wind. Sounds like cats fighting. What's your excuse? Studying... So that's what they call porn now? Annie, what the f- So not denying it? I still can't believe what Johnny did today. Me either. That boy has issues. What the fuck? The wind is so loud. It doesn't seem normal. No wind over here, just rain. Lucky you. I need my beauty sleep. Damn right you do. What? You mean I look... Shit. I think I heard footsteps outside on the gravel. Get your crazy dad to check it out. I'm home alone. The fam is on holiday, remember? I told you this. Really? Till when? We should hang out. They really sound like footsteps, but there's something odd about them. I should really look out the window, but my bed is so warm. Sure, you wanna look out the window when you're alone? What if there really is someone out there in your garden looking up at you? Not funny, David. Wow, chill, I'm sure it's nothing. Gonna check, BRB. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? David, there's someone in the garden. What? Really? Yeah, I can see a man's back. What's he doing? He's looking for something on his hands and knees in the bushes? He must be high. Probably looking for his drugs. David, this is serious. What should I do? Nothing. He'll probably go away by himself. OMG. Now he's digging with his bare hands. He's ruining the garden. Shit. He's turning around. What does he look like? David, what the fuck? This isn't funny. What? How are you doing that? What are you talking about? I can see you in my garden. How are you writing here without touching your phone? Look, I'm in the window. Can you not hear me banging on it? Fuck, Annie. Now you're scaring me too. I am definitely not in your garden. That is not me. Stop playing around. I can see your face and you're wearing that stupid football jacket you're so proud of. It must just be someone who looks like me. Honestly, Annie, I'm at home. I wouldn't play around like that. It has to be a friend of yours, David, playing a sick prank. How else could he be wearing your jacket? There are loads of jackets like that. My friends don't look anything like me. You just have me on your mind. He's digging again. Fucking leave already. Annie, do you have a gun in your house? Don't be stupid, David. I couldn't shoot anyone. You don't have to use it. Just show that you're carrying. Doesn't that jacket have your name on the back? Yeah, the team all got one with their name on it. I can see your fucking name. What? What the hell is this, David? Annie, that jacket's in my closet. Fuck, he sees me. Why is he smiling like that? He's coming. Call the cops. Annie! Annie, pick up. I've called the cops. Told them there's a break in attempt at your place. They said they're on their way, but it'll take about half an hour. Annie? Are you there? It's in the house. Can't talk. I have to be quiet. Lights off. I'm in a closet with a knife. Hard to type shaking too much fuck fuck hang in there annie the police will be there in 20 minutes do you know where he is it not he the look it had when it saw me david no person could look like that jesus christ Does it know where you are? No. I grabbed the knife when I saw it running toward the house. And I got in the closet when I heard it breaking in. Okay, good. You'll be fine. A druggie doesn't have the brains to find someone hiding in the closet. The police will be there soon. Oh, God. It's calling out to me. It doesn't sound like you, David. Its voice is so deep. Filling the house. Filling my head. What is it saying? Come out, Annie. I just want to look at you. It keeps repeating that over and over. Have I gone mad, David? Is this what it feels like? Just ten more minutes, Annie. Keep it together. You are so strong. You will get through this. It's coming up the stairs, but so slowly. Irregular steps. Why does it look like you, David? Why you? I don't know, Annie. Please believe me. Can you make it stop? Please, make it stop. I would if I could, I promise you. It's at the end of the hall. David. I didn't say anything to my parents when they left. I was listening to music. Is that the last time I see them? Annie. This is something to do with you, David. Only you can make it stop. Think fast. I don't know, Annie. God, please. Please. It might be because I think about you so much. I think about you all the time. So stop. I I don't know how. It's scraping something on the walls. It's getting closer. Please, David. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. It's slowing down. Try harder. Whatever you're doing, it's working. It's... It's stopped. I can't hear anything. Really? Don't go out yet. Stay put until the police get there. What should I tell them if he's gone? Everything, Annie. Everything you told me. I didn't know you felt that way about me, David. (sighs) I'm so glad it stopped. Can you come over in the morning, David? I really need to see you. Of course, Annie. I'll be there. Great. Can't wait. Annie? Annie, how do I know this is you? Annie96 went offline. Talk about creepiest chat ever. The user that posted the story's name is Pascal Chatterjee. And he states that while playing around with whatsapp, he stumbled across a weird chat history between two people he didn't know. It scared the hell out of him. And when he apparently tried to find it again, the app crashed and kept crashing. Not gonna lie, I would be one of those nosy people that would definitely read through all of that too. But if that actually is real, super creepy, but fine. Our next spooky urban legend is the tale of the Blind Maiden, all the way from Spain. As far as urban legends go, it's relatively new, meaning it's been within the last decade-ish. It's not sure exactly when this began. Uh, Speculation is that it was a rumor that started among school children. In these rumors and whispers down the halls, people were talking about a strange website known as the Blind Maiden. If you have found the real one, the website would be offline and you're unable to access it until you follow the rules to how the website works. So according to this rumor, there are three rules you must obey in order to access the website. Number one, you must be alone, truly alone. Number two, you must turn off all the lights in your home. And last, number three, you must go to the website at exactly midnight on a moonless night. And if you manage to satisfy all of these conditions, you will be granted access to the Blind Maiden site. The ones where rules are involved. Those are really neat for me, almost kind of ritualistic, so kind of fascinating you know. But, viewers be warned, once you are inside, your eyes will immediately be exposed to never ending montages of shocking and screaming faces. Everyone in the images are absolutely terrified and their mouths are frozen open in a silent scream their eyes are all missing the pictures are displayed very quickly and they flash on the screen one after the other now according to this legend uh, some lines of spanish text will actually appear on the screen Roughly a, you know, a rough translation of what it's actually saying is this website will take you to a whole new level of horror, a horror that will use all five of your senses. You must be very careful not to click on anything by accident. You will be faced with a real experience of absolute horror click the accept button to engage actively in the experience. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a good plan. Let's do that. Punch the buttons. So it goes on to say, at this point, once you get this far to viewing, you'll probably find yourself tempted to click the accept button. I mean, come on, we're all super curious, right? And this is totally an urban legend. It warns, or the story warns you, to not hit the accept button. Because if you accept the challenge from the blind maiden, you'll only be taking your own life into your hands. Make sure you click decline to stay safe. This is what supposedly happens if you do select the accept button. Once you click that accept button, on your monitor you will see a sinister figure of a woman walking toward your home. The spirit will then be shown to approach and enter the same room as you. And then you see your own back. You want to turn around, but you can't because you're frozen in terror, or the supernatural is holding you down, one of the two. You will then feel a tap on your shoulder, and as you turn around, the last thing you will see is the horrible blind maiden's face, and she will then rip out your eyeballs. And a photo will be added to her horrible gallery for the next victim to find. Now there are some stories that say you have to accept or decline the offer and as you select the decline all of the horrifying images pop up and that's your reward for even daring to go to the website. But uh, there's also that version that as soon as you open that website with all the conditions met that it happens first because to me that doesn't make sense for you to just go on the website and it happens i mean you have to have some sort of consequence for just going there and pushing a button on a very angry maiden's website Our final urban legend is called, my dead girlfriend keeps messaging me on Facebook. The user mentions that this happened roughly around 10 years ago. He's saying that he keeps receiving messages from his dead girlfriend's account. And so it starts off with, I just received another message and it's worse than the others. Uh, he explains that she was involved in a car crash when she was driving from home. Someone ran a red light and she died pretty much on impact. Uh, he mentions she was the sort of woman that was really bubbly and happy. She was didn't complain much, uh, but also she used to joke with him and say, if I cark it first which i've never heard that term before kark k-a-r-k who knows uh don't just say good things about me and i am so on board with this i'm always creeped out anytime i've had to go to funerals especially um for people that i knew pretty well that definitely would not like all that super stoic stuff so i'm on board here you know just talk some crap about me and uh remember some dumb things and we're gonna have a good time have a few beers whatever she's the sort to embrace her flaws and you know just be a super down-to-earth person so he's just kind of giving you an idea of who she was when she was alive and how devastating it was when she passed away He then later details that his girlfriend had been dead for just over a year, around 13 months, uh, when she first messaged him. So, when they first reach out, or when quote unquote Emily reaches out, she says hello. And of course, this is coming from his dead girlfriend's Facebook, who obviously he has control of at this point, Uh, says that he just keeps it active because he enjoys going through the photos and everything and memories. So of course he's like, who is this? It's really weird to be receiving messages from Emily's account. Even if you maybe want to discuss her or what you know, assuming it was probably a friend or a family member that uh, was grieving. And this sounds really weird, but I actually had an aunt that did that with uh, one of my cousins that passed away. It was really weird because she would make posts on his page and not explain that it was her. So a little bizarro for a while getting messages and seeing posts from someone that's passed away. Anyhow. So the next thing they respond a few minutes later is again, they repeat, hello. And the guy's name is Nathan. Nathan says, Susan, are you on Emily's account? And, um, oh, that's right. That's right. It was her mother her mother that had joint account to it, so they could both actually access it. And when the first incident happened, he mentions that it's in September. He started getting messages again on that next November 6th of 2013. So her next message starts with again, hello. "Hello." And then let's hit up, the trail name is blanked out, but such and such trail this Sunday. Nathan of course responds, who the fuck is this? At this point, you kind of think it's a troll because it says something really dumb. You know the nursery rhyme at the beginning of it, it's the wheels on the bus goat. Yeah. So anyway, that line is the wheels on the bus. And Nathan responds with, please tell me who you are. This poor guy is getting tortured by messages from his dead girlfriend that he's thinking is probably a prank. So at that point with the second message, Nathan actually receives confirmation from Susan, uh, Emily's mother, that she hadn't been on Emily's profile since the week of her death. Um, Emily knew a lot of people, the boyfriend, was saying that he thought it was one of her tech-savvy friends, you know, hacking or messing with him. So some time goes by, um, and then around February of 2014, Nathan says that Emily started tagging herself in his photos. It says that he'd get notifications for them, but by the time he actually sat down and was able to look at them, they were removed from the pictures. And he said the most devastating part, it was at places that they would usually hang out together. He actually posts two screenshots of two photos. And understandably so, he started losing a lot of sleep over this because he was so angry that someone had been messing with him in this way. And I don't blame him. Honestly, I'm the sort of person that I probably would have done anything in my power to make sure this person was found and hopefully removed from that account so they could no longer do such horrible things to her family, her friends, and of course, you know, her partner. So then Emily would start tagging herself in random photos every couple of weeks. So every few weeks this was happening and friends started noticing it and thought maybe it was some sort of bug. He'd actually found out that it had been happening to people, but they didn't say anything about it. And uh, some people even removed him from their friends list because they thought it was some sort of sick joke or a way for him to cope with what happened. This guy, Nathan, he actually addresses the people reading the story and he says, yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Why didn't I just delete my profile? And he said, well, I almost did, but he actually says that he did kill it for a little while, but ended up, you know, turning it back on again. And he said, it was a nice having that to chat with people. And uh, to visit Emily's page uh, when the little green dot isn't next to her name. Meaning if she wasn't online, it was nice because he could just go on there and look at things and not have to worry about being messaged by his dead girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. Nathan mentions that he's always been sort of a recluse uh, before everything happened and then after she actually passed away, he was pretty much a hermit at that point. Places like Facebook were his only real social outlets, and I can so relate to this because most of my friends at this point are online and my real ones, you know? We've all hit that age of people are doing their own family stuff and friends kind of uh, move to other States and whatnot. So I can really relate to that. Cause that, that is how I live my life socially. So finally, Nathan has enough and he says, why do you keep doing this? Why are you tagging my dead girlfriend in your posts? This is when she starts messaging a bunch of really random creepy things. So she just posts back to him. Hello, 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 several times. The next message from her is the most bizarre. She says, OMG, cinnamon scented candles. Just casually like, OMG, look at this. It's like, what? So, you know, he says, go to hell. And then Emily responds. Why are you doing this? After he starts going through these chats, you know, going, kind of going back and reading through some of his old chats and whatnot, and some of the ones that he's been messaging back and forth with Emily, he realized that she was actually recycling his words as well when they'd been chatting. What he said is he was intentionally providing whoever was doing this with emotional bait, trying to lure them in, just so he could keep whoever this is interested in trying to you know, get some sort of response from him. Uh, he figured this was the kind of person that thrived off of harming others emotionally. He actually went to the lengths of different forums, you know, tech forums, trying to find out a way if he could find this person. You know, he contacted Facebook to find out what he could do to keep this person from messaging him or logging into the account. Uh, He said that he changed the password several times and still it would happen to where they would message him. When he did that, he got messages from Emily again, like even after, like right after he would change those passwords or the security uh, information, anything like that. She responded with, why are you doing this? And this is in April of 2014. She then says, we should make our own jam. GFC, Samantha, not different. No chance of passing, no chance of passing. How many? Garage, side door, side, I, asterisk, no chance of passing. I don't know. I just said, yo, ask Nathan, 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 Nathan. And then finally, after like three Nathans, And just kind of envision her like, you know, tapping through the screen, Nathan, Nathan. Anyway, Uh, he says, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why you're still doing this. Please stop. And then Emily responds with, please stop. I don't know what's happening. You know, at this point, you're thinking, man, this troll is bored. Like he's, he's just saying a bunch of stuff to mess with me or she. He's frustrated because he can't find any leads. He's tried changing the passwords. He doesn't want to get rid of his Facebook account at this point because that's not fair to him. Facebook actually told Nathan the locations of her page had been accessed from, but since her death, they're all places I can account for. It gets creepier with that, right? Because these are all places that are from the poster's house his work her mom's house she's literally posting from the areas that she lived in with him so he's saying the response here wasn't bait the term that she used which is yo ask nathan uh, he was saying that that's an inside joke and somehow the poster knew about this but actually seeing her mention something like that was really crippling to him. It was something she would have only known. What's really disturbing is that he said her last few messages really started to scare him. Didn't want to admit it up until this point. Later on May the 8th, she just started responding with these numbers she had i i, 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 I negative 12 negative 15, I, 15 I, and then she says my, my jumper's in the dryer and it's, it's really cold out cold cold, cold. cold. nathan please, please stop please i stop. cold. Freezing. I don't know what's happening. Reading these kind of sends a shiver down your spine because it's just random words that she would just come up with to message them and inside jokes and all kinds of creepy, bizarre things. So he finally breaks down on May 24th. He sends a message to Emily and he says, I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to that by now?" And Emily responds with, Just Just let me walk. I wasn't really drunk. Em wasn't an affectionate girl. It always embarrassed her to exchange I love yous. It was hard for her to talk about how much we meant to each other, and she was always more comfortable when I was drunk. I pretended to be drunk a lot, so he was more affectionate than her. He says that her reply is actually what prompted him to memorialize her page. Thinking it might put an end to this, it might seem innocuous, he writes to her previous message. He says it's from an old conversation when he was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from a friend's house. It's a little graphic, but he mentions that in the collision, the dashboard crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from her right hip to midway down her left leg thigh. Uh, It was so bad that one of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Extremely disturbing. So Nathan messages Gray Street somewhere. Hey, you on your way home? Emily. When you see this message, please ring me straight away. I rang blank and they said you left at four. I'm starting to panic. I feel sick in my stomach. Please give me a ring. Emily, Emily, answer your phone. So those were all messages that he'd sent to her before she got in the car crash. On August 7th of 2012, he shows that these were the messages on the day he sent her when she died. And that's the reason why in his posts, he was worried because she was normally home by 4.30. So after he left, you know, some voicemails, He said this is the last time he talked to her under the assumption that she was still alive. He mentions this was important to show you why this is going on. And so... Under Emily's page, she sends, Hey, you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me. And so he's showing it's the same message that she sent back to him. And then under that, she mentions, I don't know what's happening. And then cold freezing. Again, she mentions this cold freezing, you know like she's on the other side. That was the reason why he memorialized her page after the walking comment. So he had posted until today she had been quiet and she stopped tagging herself in photos. He's not sure what to do anymore and he just kind of asks for advice like do I kill her profile? What if it is her? So then finally he comes back and he says I just got a notification. He was really scared he didn't swipe at first and then finally he checked the alert and she sends him a photo of himself sitting at his computer in his room he says that's my door that's my computer and i got this message three hours ago now i'm legitimately scared i have no idea who took this photo i'm on my tablet in my garage send for now i'm going to drive to a friend's house i forgot to open the garage door in my panic so building up the nerve to get out to do that now Now, while messages from the dead are not uncommon, especially used in a lot of urban legends because we have all this new modern technology, horror has to follow that. It has to be things that are relatable, right? I think what makes this such a spooky story is if the author is correct, You would think someone that was trolling wouldn't go through that much effort to make someone feel so horrible. Changing passwords constantly like that, having to set up two step authentication, you would think at a certain point that one person isn't really worth the entertainment value past a certain point to a troll. The fact that whatever it is or whoever it was kept messaging them and kept figuring out a way past the security that's the creepiest part and then of course waiting three hours to read a message opening it and seeing yourself at your own computer again from three hours ago, that would make me more than just a little concerned for my own safety. Now, as you'll notice, some of the stories, I feel like it's not effective unless you kind of go along the ride with the author, and sometimes you just have to read these, especially in chat format. The full effect of what it is the person is experiencing through that message is fascinating to just kind of listen to it unfold. And these sorts of stories have always really hit home for me. I really enjoy this kind of spooky mysteries. I think that's also why everyone loves this kind of horror, because it could happen to you. It could happen to any of us. All right, guys, that's it for our show our opening to season 2 of the Haunting Hour podcast. I hope to get that blood pumping again on our next episode of the Haunting Hour podcast. Now, those of you that have been part of my channel for a little while, know that I like to post polls about what you would like to hear next on Urban Legends. What we do between those times is I post an episode of creepy stories so this next episode will probably be a creepy tale written by yours truly and if you would like to submit a creepy story for this podcast you can message me on facebook at the haunting hour podcast official or something like that. I'll post that on my Twitter and also on my website at CACrayson.com. You can also find my podcast on my website as well. You can also make comments on my website post if you would like to submit a story for the podcast and um, also on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining me on this season opener. And I can't wait to share the next stories with all of you. So sleep tight, my fellow mystery and horror lovers. And remember to get your beauty sleep. Pleasant dreams.